everybody to the Resistance Broadcast. I'm John, that's James, that's Lacey, and we are live, baby! Uh, I want to thank Star Wars Celebration. I want to thank uh, Lucasfilm for approving us for this uh, podcast today. And I want to thank all of you who have taken time. There's a lot to do at Celebration. You decided to find this nook in the corner of this giant room. <laughs> and hang out with us for an hour, and then we're gonna do photos after, of course, but thank you all, so round of applause to all of you here coming out here. And our special guest, as you see up front here, uh, if you need to stand to take a look at him, BB-8. What better droid for the resistance than BB-8? Uh, and I'm glad I didn't lose my voice doing my scream. So, how you guys doing? <laughs> doing okay. great. Absolutely excited to be here and uh, getting ready to get, do it. Let's go. Daisy Ridley's back. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm wearing fur. Terrible idea, but we're going with it. I actually, I think you sort of lost your voice screaming for her. I did. And I lost my voice screaming for Jonas when he came out for the Acolyte playing a Jedi Wookiee. So, you know, you know, we love Jonas. We're trying to keep him employed, you know, make Solo 2 happen, right? <laughs> Yeah. The funny thing is I yelled so loud that I've seen multiple videos where I hear myself in other people's videos and I feel yes. I feel bad because they're like, "Oh, look at this great announcement." And I'm in the back going, "Daisy Ridley." I think I think Daisy Ridley heard you. I think she heard me. And she was probably like, "How does someone know?" Yeah. I never thought about it like that before. <laughs> My apologies to the actual British people. Yeah. Yeah. This is probably bet, the worst place to do that. I bet when they listen on the podcast they're like, "What?" Sure. Um, all right, so it's a pretty standard TRB show. We like to keep things... I mean, there's going to be some more surprises, of course, but we're going to kick things off with our segment, Will of the Force. I fear nothing for all this as the Force wills it. He's there. <laughs> yeah. Uh, oh, look at that. That's I'm your segment, James. <laughs> all right, we're kicking it off with Will of the Force this week, and we got a couple questions. We've already picked them out. And uh, the first one is going to be, we're going to kick it off with, will any of the Ghost Crew members die in the Ahsoka series. That's dark. Who came up with that question? I did, because Dave Filoni kills everyone. John <laughs> goes, what should we ask? I was like, Dave Filoni's going to kill someone. Everyone's like, I love how positive your podcast is. Like, Who's <laughs> dying in the Ahsoka series? I'm going to kick it off with John. What do you think? Uh, I'm going to say no, because uh, you know, I'm separating. I actually think Ahsoka might die in the Ahsoka series. Uh, yeah, well, you know, you hear the voice at the end of uh, Rise of Skywalker, and the rest of those people are dead, I believe. So why not go out in a blaze of glory in your own series as opposed to somewhere else? That's just my thoughts. However, but Rosario was already talking about season two, so she doesn't die this season. Doesn't have to be this season. <laughs> season 12, you know. Uh, longer, uh, beat the record of The Walking Dead and do 40 seasons or something. <laughs> uh, but I'm going to say no to the Ghost Crew. I think they will survive this and go on to other stuff, whether that's back to animation or their own show. I don't think we're, we're killing off live-action Ghost Crew the minute we you know, see them for the first time. Yeah, what do you think, Lacey? I think Dave Filoni's at a point right now that all his characters are now here, so he's not going to kill any of them because he'll kill everybody else. <laughs> he's like, my characters are here. They're all safe. So I'm going to say no, they will not. Um, what do you think, BB-8? Let's go to you next. Uh, okay, yeah, uh, yeah. Fair enough. Thanks, pal. <laughs> yeah, you all got that, right? Yep. I'll hit up Google Translate later and see if I agree. Well, but, let's try, we'll try another one and see what happens. <laughs> yeah, for me, um, I, I think that they, uh, they're going to stay alive. Because uh, yeah. I, I, I think John brings up a good point that there is potential for the se second season. And I have some other hot takes, too, about Ezra maybe or maybe not even being in this series very That's much right, at all. Um, so I think there's a good chance that they're going to continue this or, or hope to continue this even potentially into Dave Filoni's thing. And yeah. I just really don't think, like, if you're going to do a climactic event in a movie, it doesn't make sense to be like, you know, Hera's not in it or yeah. Zeb's not in it or something. So I think at least for that first series season, um, they're going to keep everybody alive. Cool. Let's... Uh Try another one with our friend here. Yeah, so uh, let's go on to question two. Uh, Kathleen Kennedy did confirm with Donald Glover that the Lando series is still in development. 
Uh, if it goes into production, will Alden Ehrenreich's Han Solo return to the series? Um, yeah, let, John, you're right. Let's kick it off with BB-8. What do you think, BB-8? Uh, any chance we're going to get uh, Lando back or Donald Glover? You mean Alden Ehrenreich? Yeah. Uh, I... Can anyone here help us translate what BB-8 saying? I have no idea what he's saying. Hang on, hang on. I might be able to help you with that. Ladies and gentlemen, Brian Herring. <laughs> what a surprise. Uh, BB-8, I know Daisy's back, so you're probably needed with the resistance. So yeah. thanks for your time, but it didn't go as planned. Um, what was the question? I'll see you after, though. Well, let's say farewell to our friend here first. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> Bye. He has to, well, he has to go help Ray now that she's back. Well, so. I hope he has to go and help Ray now he's back. <laughs> I love you. <laughs> look at your little fella. Look, going, bless him. <laughs> Slowly but surely. Let's give BB-8 a round of applause. Thank you, BB-8. All right, what was that question? Uh, will Alden Ehrenreich return in the Lando series, if possible? Oh, hey, Brian, do you want to get your feet wet here? Uh, I, well, I don't see why he wouldn't. All right. You know, I thought, yeah, of course. Well, I don't know. I don't know. I know as much as everybody else, but it would be lovely, wouldn't it? Yes. I, think, I think he did a fantastic job, and I'd love to see him do it again. Some I YouTubers agree. like, Brian Herring confirms. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I think it's, I yeah, think it's Brian very Herring possible. cannot confirm anything. <laughs> <laughs> Let's just get that straight right now. Yeah, when we had Brian come on, I'm like, is there things we can't ask you? He's like, I know as much as you do. So, yeah. I found out that Daisy was coming back at the same time you did. Yeah. So there you go. So and you were probably like... Yeah, yeah. I was standing right behind her when they when she walked on because I was in the, one of those creature heads on the stage. Oh wow! So uh, yeah, oh. so uh, I don't know. oh, there she is. Look, <laughs> so, which was nice. Very cool. Well, I think it's very possible that Alden uh, returns for that series. I think it's a nice, simple way to test the waters with Lando and see if that hits, but also test the waters with bringing in mm -hmm. characters from Solo that may or may not have hit, and they can, you know, say maybe in a longer form they could bring him back. So I, th I think that actually makes a lot of sense and it would be a good way to kind of work him in. Yeah. Lacey, what do you think? I think that they can't have this series without mentioning Han or at least having him on screen at some point. Um, we know him and Lando have such a close relationship and a friendship and kind of like a frenemies type thing. Absolutely. And I think that even a cameo is going to add to that relationship. We were just watching kind of like it was playing on one of the screens, Return of the Jedi, where Han is trying to save Lando so desperately. And he's like, just grab this. I'm like, there's so much there that we don't know that got them to that point where they're so close. Like we have to remember that. Lando just betrayed Han. He woke up, and uh, he still is going trying to save Lando from dying. So I think that there's so much there that you can't have a series where Lando's going across the galaxy and not running into Han Solo. Yep. Mm -hmm. John? I mean, you know I hope so, because I want to stop using that dang hashtag. Uh, <laughs> but I think it'd be a nice compromise, because we know Solo didn't perform well, and not to the fault of the movie, as you and I actually talked about. Uh, it wasn't Alden's fault, it wasn't the movie's fault, and it was, I, you know, I think maybe some marketing stuff like that. So I, I hope so. I think it'd be a great way to get them in. And if you're doing a series for Lando, who's a supporting character, I think you need a little more muscle in there. And with eight, 12 episodes, why not give two to Han and Chewie working for Jabba, check in with them, maybe see why Han and Lando had that moment on the dock at Cloud City. Uh, it, to me, it's a no-brainer. So, what do you guys think? Yeah, yeah. It would definitely be poetry and rhyme if uh, Lando had to go, you know, find Han to be like, "I need to go see an old friend," and he goes and sees Han. Yeah. Yep. Um, all right. Let's move on to this last question here, and it's: Will BB-8 and Grogu? <laughs> meet in a future Star Wars movie. Since we have Brian Herring on is the panel... Is Brian going to be employed? <laughs> we're going to put you a little bit on the spot, and we're going to say, what do you think about BB-8 and Grogu potentially showing up in a feature film? Uh, it's not beyond the realms of possibility, is it? But then nothing is. Um, I, 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 I don't know. Is it? Yeah, I, mean, I, I, I assume they, they could do. They could, couldn't they? If we are assuming that Grogu makes it out of the Kylo Ren yeah. Jedi Academy thing. Oh. oh, that's dark, Brian. Brian went darker. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, spicy. Yeah, fair, 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 fair. 
Uh, that would be a, a lot of sad fans. It would be a lot of sad. I can't see that not being no, the case. Yeah. You know, just, well, John, what do you think? Any chance we're going to get it? I think uh, Bob Iger would love that uh, from a money standpoint. Uh, you get to see the fig- Black Series figure packs now of Ray with Grogu in her backpack or something like that because she had Mark Hamill on her back, so she can carry Grogu, I think. Uh, I think it would just make a lot of sense. Um, I, I went viral on a tweet, Lacey. You'd be proud of me. I tweeted out that the next uh, movie is 15 years after Rise of Skywalker, which would put Grogu at 91 years old. And as Yoda told us in Empire, uh, for 800 years of I trained Jedi, and he was 900, and my mom taught me how to do math, that would put Yoda at 100, so it's around that same age. Mm-hmm. Lacey, is there any chance that BB-8 and, and uh, I guess apparently you are going to show up in a feature film? I would love to show up. I'm going to manifest that because people <laughs> have been doing that a lot. I would love to be in a feature film. Um, so here's the thing. Would I want to see it? Yes. Currently... Because of the timelines and where Grogu is, mm. if they're making the Daisy movie by 2025, there's no way. Because they want Grogu's story to play out before we get to Daisy. Um, so I'm going to say no at this point because Interesting. where we currently are in their stories, it doesn't make sense. Because um, then you'd be flashing forward to him much older and then flashing back with the Mandalorian before their crossover event. It just would be a little confusing for people. You already have people still calling him Baby Yoda. So it would be confusing. They're like, oh, Yoda's back again? Um, wow, yeah. that's a good point. Yeah, yeah that's a James, good point. Did, I did not expect that answer from Lacey. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm, I'm going to stick with what my heart tells me, although you're convincing me. Mm. But I'm going to stick with what, my, what I thought would be the case, and that would be, of course, that, yes, they would need to make that tie-in, and that just seems like the logical step. If, if I could maybe counter what you're saying, I'm thinking maybe there's a chance that uh, they are okay with the fact that it skips around in the timeline. You know, we, we see this character uh, and or before he inevitably dies or whatever, we know certain characters' fate. We have convinced, uh, Lucasfilm has convinced the Star Wars audience that it's okay to know sometimes where certain characters end up. Uh, it's about the stories that we're telling at the moment. Uh, that's why Clone Wars is successful. We know where Obi-Wan ends up. We know where Anakin ends up. But we still enjoyed those stories just the same as we would uh, any other story in Star Wars. Right on. So that is going to take us out of that section, and we're going to go ahead and move into our discussion. Obi-Wan once thought as you do. All right, so... Uh... We have a great guest for this discussion. Uh, Lacey called it Gaga for Grogu, and this is the creatures and droids that we love in Star Wars. So we're basically just having an open chat at this point. Now we're not. Uh, all right. Uh, now we're not sort of doing taking our turns. We're just going to have a discussion about these uh, in- integral parts of the Star Wars story. Because anytime I tell people I love Star Wars, they say, "Well, I don't like science fiction," and I don't think Star Wars is science fiction. I think it's a fantasy story, a classic fantasy story that happens to take place in outer space. And what makes Star Wars so cool are these creatures and droids. And I don't know, uh, anybody get a chance to see yesterday the, the Creatures Cantina panel that Brian hosted? <laughs> How amazing of a job did he do on that? Yeah. Not so much hosted, more kind of rode along until it finished. <laughs> I, I think you should host more panels, to be honest. Um, Absolutely. But let's just talk about it. You know, any aspects of this we want to get into. But Brian, you know, I, I'll start with you, being that you've actually worked on Star Wars films with creatures, with droids. Mm-hmm. Um, being on set, working on these things, uh, how, how important is it to just the culture of making the movie and getting people inside the fictional you know, galaxy and, and what it brings to, to the screen? Uh, well, as far as the creatures are concerned and what they, that's what they, what they bring to it, from, a, from an aesthetic level, they're, they're just part of the fabric of the galaxy. And I love the fact that you just see things walking past and you don't know what they are, and you just mm-hmm. sometimes don't even see the whole thing. I mean, there's things in A New Hope where you just see two legs go across <laughs> the screen. You don't know what's on the top of that. Um, and a lot of the time, we refer to some of our work as walking wallpaper, yes. because you, it's just in the background. It's not. It doesn't. Everything doesn't always get a close up. Yeah. And uh, I mean, one of the things that, that that Neil and the guys really have to, to to think about is sometimes something you've made to be a background alien they suddenly decide, oh, we need that at the front. So everything's got to have some kind of an expression in it, just in case they give it a big, you know, giant wide, you know, big, big close-up. So 
everything has kind of got to have, not necessarily a backstory, because that's Pablo's job. He kind of goes around. <laughs> it was fun when you see Pablo Hidalgo walking around set naming stuff. He's <laughs> <laughs> got, got a little pad and he looks at After like an old college roommate or yeah, something. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. He's, he's, he's in there just writing down, names down. But um, everything... Uh, they, they, it's, it's, Lucas used to talk about that, that lived-in galaxy, that lived-in universe mm. thing. So everything, you look at the costumes, they're all a bit kind of ratty, and, 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 or, or they're not, or they're really, really smart in the Canto Bite and things like that. But you, you kind of get a sense that every creature has a life somewhere rather than just being an alien sitting in a corner. Yeah. And that's sort of really a, a, a testament to the, the, the designers and the costume people and all the fabricators. Um, but I, I love the fact that the, the place is just wall-to-wall monsters. I mean, it, it's, it's interesting that... Andor had huge lumps with no creatures in it. Yeah, that's true. Um, yeah. And then when there were places where there were places for creatures, there were lots of them. So right. it was it was kind of it, it was this really weird balancing act they did actually. Yeah, and you know, speaking of uh, creatures with kids, Lacey, you had mentioned that your daughter, <laughs> <laughs> not creatures with kids, <laughs> creatures and how kids like them. Sorry. I have a feeling you're going to pay for that. You had mentioned that your daughter uh, has taken to Grogu. Yeah. So it, it's, just, it's just a proven point that creatures and droids are very important to introducing kids to Star Wars. Because sometimes Star Wars, like if you watch the beginning of A New Hope, it's a slow burn. Uh, and you see C-3PO and R2 going through the desert. But we need those things to, to attract kids into the uh, franchise. Yeah, so, you know, when I had a child... Uh, my creature <laughs> self had a child. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, a lot of people always ask me, like, oh, are you going to get her into Star Wars? Are you going to show her things? I mean, I named her after Daisy Ridley. Uh, are you going to get her into Star Wars? What if she doesn't like it? I let her kind of figure it out on her own. And again, she's only a, a year and a half. Um, but she came into my office one day, and Grogu was sitting right there. She walked right up, grabbed it, walked out, has been walking around with it ever since. She knows like five words, mama, dada, wawa, and like Grogu. Those are the only words that she knows. I'm not kidding. Um, she's also very obsessed with BB-8. She comes into the office, presses the button, has him talk. She carries, tries to carry him around. Uh, it's like one of those big ones. But yeah, creatures are so important to Star Wars. They're what got me into it. Uh, I am a big fan, and I loved hearing yesterday in the Creature Cantina from uh, Matt Denton was... Labyrinth is something that I grew up with that mm. I immediately was yeah. like, this world is amazing. And of course, it came from Jim Henson and George Lucas, so it's mm. no surprise that I'm connected to that. Um, but it's just the idea of these creatures. And I loved when you go into any scene, there's all these different things from all different places, and they all have their own stories and names. But even more important than that, I loved that there are people in them, like making them work. I love the puppetry stuff. That's why I love Babu Frick and mm -hmm. Shirley Henderson, and I, I love the stories behind those creatures. Um, I was geeking yesterday. I was like <laughs> going down the stairs going, Creature Cantina, Creature Cantina, because I'm just so hyped. And then the like, light and magic, I'm sure everybody saw that, like seeing the just physical, grueling things that people like Phil Tippett put themselves through, mm -hmm. going underneath a stage and for six hours just doing stop motion stuff, yeah. just because, and he says he loves doing that, like that would be my nightmare, you know, claustrophobic, right. one place for six hours, uh, and George Lucas like demanding perfection, but them wanting to make him proud, it's just, I, I, I don't think, like there's a lot, a lot of panels that go on to Star Wars Celebration, but I think we always have to make sure that we respect the ones who started this stuff, um, as you alluded to yesterday mm -hmm. in the panel, because without them, and they didn't have the technology they had today either, so they had to really just piece these things together. I just, uh, you know, I, I just, I love history. I love those J.W. Rinsler books, The Making of Star Wars, yeah. and acknowledging the people who paved the way so that Brian and this generation can send us to a galaxy far, far away and it feel real, you know? My yeah. critiques of the newer Star Wars movies, with the exception, I think, of Solo, which had so many creatures, is there's never enough creatures for me. <laughs> like, I always want more. That's usually like a Disney Plus thing, too. Yes, like, when like people, give me I think... more. And then even, like, going into merchandising and, like, Hasbro, I'm always like, can you make more creatures? I have enough stormtroopers. Can you make me more creatures? I feel like Solo was a prime example and one of the many reasons we love it, is that there are scenes that there are just so many aliens and droids and all these things that every time you watch it, you find something new. Yeah. Um, and that's what makes Star Wars special to me, amongst other reasons, is that 
these things are just creatures that you could never imagine. And like the idea that you could walk in and just meet someone that's like having this crazy life and they all have their own languages and like ways that they operate. It's just, it's so cool. It makes things believable for sure. I love that you talked on how a lot of these aliens are the background characters mm -hmm. yeah. because in my thought, uh, it's like you can't film like Dune in this room, right? You know, it just wouldn't, it wouldn't work. You have to have a set that obviously builds into the world to make that believable, right? And when you're having Star Wars, these droids and these creatures walking around and making noises and the way they kind of move just, it takes five minutes for a character to get from there to there or whatever during a scene. It just, it's, it's part of the atmosphere that makes up the scene and makes the whole thing believable. And one of the things that we saw yesterday, which was so amazing and really got me thinking, was how far we've come mm -hmm. as far as like animatronics mm -hmm. and the Crazy. capabilities yeah. and electronics. Because yeah. it used to be like for all the, the hate sometimes that the special edition gets, it's incredible how much more lifelike a lot of the scenes in that is compared to what was originally shot, which is very noticeably just a man in a like weird mask or something along that. those lines. Give me all puppets, all dudes in masks. That's, yeah. I what, prefer yeah. that over CG. Yeah, whether it's uh, the technology of uh, a computer animated character or it's obviously how far we've come with the molding and masks and technology that, like just yesterday on, on the panel, Brian, we saw a creature completely come to life and was mm -hmm. on stage, full facial expression, talking, and I was 60 like, servers, yeah. that's, a, that's an alien. Like we are looking at a live alien right now and I watched it, I watched the actor become an alien on mm -hmm. stage, but by the end of it, it was incredibly believable. <laughs> and well, I just, I just want to say that wasn't an actor; that was someone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They chose from the convention. And yeah. Brian, you were a creature in Solo, right? Yes. So, what was well? First of all, what was it like being on the set of Solo? I don't want to get into the whole you know two directors thing or whatever. Uh -huh. But what was the experience making the film? Was it a positive, fun environment? Was it? Was, did it feel pressured? Uh, and 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 tell they're, us about your experience playing the creature. They're always both of those things. They're both they're, they're, they're both positive, fun environments, and there's always pressure because they, everybody wants to make a good movie and they want you all to like it, you know. Um, so, th yeah, it was, I, I, enjoy, I enjoyed working on Solo. Solo, for me, is, the, of, of all the ones that we made, it's the one I probably watch the most, just because I feel it's That's really... right. <laughs> That's what we've been saying. <laughs> it, it, for me, it really captures the spirit of the original. It's got that kind of da 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 da, da <laughs> you know, and, I, and I like that. And it's a Western and it, you know, it's a really sort of dirty universe, it's a frontier, it's that sort of thing. I really, like, I really, really enjoyed it. And so I'm just trying to think, where, I did a few things in Solo. Um, the thing, the, there's a character that I was wearing on the, 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 the Lucasfilm panel, the thing called Hiram Biring. I don't know where they got that name from. <laughs> um, good old Pablo. Just mixed, mixed, mixed um, John always jokes hmm. that he wishes they were like, it's Steve. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we had Owen, we had Luke, we had yeah. some normal names early yeah. on, and now they're like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I had this kind of this parrot face thing, and, it's, and, it, and it was in the movie twice. It was standing behind Lando in the Sabat game when he won the first time. And then they dressed him completely differently, and he was on the yacht. He was on Dryden's yacht, so I just think it's his posh cousin. Uh, <laughs> somewhere else. But that scene, the, um, the, 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 the Sabak scene, was very, very hot because we were all crammed in that scene. It looks hazy and, in the um, movie. Yeah, it is. It looks, and there it looks like it people. has a smell. Yeah, yeah, it did have a smell. <laughs> um, <laughs> and there are a lot of supporting nights in there, there were a lot of creatures, and um, you, it was. It was an uneven set as well. How long so, was that shoot? Oh, you know, I don't think, I can't remember, weeks. I mean, it was, it was oh a couple of weeks, I think. Um, weeks of smell. Weeks of smell. And of course, <laughs> that set, once you went into it, there's, I think there were two entrances into it. One of them was past the droid fighting pit, and you went past that pit and then up some stairs into another little room, and that came out into the Sabak room. And then you could go round that, out the other way, down some stairs, where you see it saw in the trailer as Alden walked up with the, the, the big creature's head above the, the above the doorway, and that went into a bar, and then and then that was oh, the other. Yeah. So so it was a, it was a kind of a, a big oblong set, right. and there were two entrances in, at the far end, um, and there were I suppose 
probably about 100 people in there at any given time, oh, wow. plus the crew. Yeah. Is You had said yesterday about Canto Bite being probably the most creatures. Is mm-hmm. that true? What yeah. was that, like 70, you said? I think, I think it was something like there was the 58, 60, something like that. Wow. Wow. And each creature, we explained in the panel yesterday that each creature has got usually somebody's, like a, a suit creature has got somebody inside it, somebody on the face, possibly a second person on the face. And then there'll be uh, probably two people looking after them. Makeup, mm-hmm. oh, it's not makeup, uh, fabrication. Like time and stuff, right? Yeah, fabrication. Yeah. Hair is sometimes there as well if it's got fur. Uh, there'll be somebody from costume. And so that's six, that's six people all mm-hmm. looking after each character. So if you then put 58 characters in, that, that support crew is huge. So with something like Canto Bite, people just hiding places. <laughs> and they get it, and then they put the essays in as well. All supporting artists are in there, and they're walking about in their black and white finery. Um, and then someone says action, and it all goes. And they shout cut, and all these people just appear out of nowhere. <laughs> just, they're running in, they're just opening mouths and putting in um, <laughs> le- you know, um, converted leaf blowers. Right. So you just put like give them a shot of water, water or something. Or? Well, yeah, you can sometimes if there's a straw that goes in, and um, so they'll, they'll, they'll put in um, uh, well, these, these leaf thinking. blowers just to blow air around around the um, around the creatures' heads. And sometimes there's more than one person in a creature. You know, sometimes so people oh be the cr- the. Hapabore? The, the Hapabore had five. Right. The Hapabore is the thing that um, on um, Jakku at the beginning where it's drinking from the water trough. It pushes it, Finn over. Yeah, yeah, it pushes Finn over. There were five guys inside that. There were four, well, there were one in each leg and one in the head. So they had a, a foot We're inside. talking about smell. Well, <laughs> I, I, well, they were in the <laughs> desert. Have you ever shared a college dorm with somebody? <laughs> yeah. They were, Probably a little worse. Yeah, they were, and they were in the desert as well. And, and the, heat was, the heat was blistering. Although actually they were, they were, they were pretty good because... What would happen is they'd, they'd, they'd be stood, ready to go, and they had an air conditioning unit that was, for all intents and purposes, stuffed into its backside. <laughs> <laughs> it, was, it actually came in through one of the, one of the leg holes. You had so these rhinos. So, then, so there were these guys who would run in, uh-huh. throw this tube into the back of this thing, <laughs> blow cold air into it until they were kind of ready to go, and then the support team would come in, Run and take the chocks out from underneath it so they were supporting the, t- the stuff. They, you all don't had, hear, they all had yeah. weight on, they were all carrying the weight like the opposite of a sauna, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. exactly. <laughs> but actually, they were probably in the, in the best place because the shade by yeah. the time they were in the shade and they were really cool. Wow, and then by the time um, they'd done their take. It's starting to heat up again. Meanwhile, you're in the background running in the sand. I was yeah, going to oh. say, what? <laughs> how hard is it to push him in the, in it's, the it's, sand? It's, it's, it wasn't. It wasn't. Are your no, calves? Are your calves? They were. They were. They were. I, 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 um, I realized that um, very early on in the, in the process of it, uh, Josh Lee, who is BB-8's dad, he, uh, he kind of came up with a way to, to do him. Um, it, and he's covered in a, uh, it was an experimental type of um, vinyl. And so Josh gave me a mock-up of just a ball <laughs> um, with, a, with an axle, as the, the puppet version of BB-8 has. And there was no head or anything. And he just said, um, go around the back lot and see if you can dent this. So I took it out onto the back lot. Because they wanted to see how the vinyl would react to terrain, rocks, yeah. whether it was scuffed. So you just got to beat the heck out of so it. So I just ran around and bumped into stuff and rolled Imagine it Imagine someone like on their lunch break, they're just like... Yeah, what happened, oh, to, what happened to Brian? The like, stuff, Brian get fired? The <laughs> stuff you see, uh, you know, people <laughs> testing things. I mean, they have to be very, very uh, secretive about a lot of it. So, sure. um, But, you know, when you're on a movie and it's sort of your compound, you can yeah. kind of run around. So I ran this thing around the back lot once and suddenly realised I was a man of a certain age that hadn't seen the inside of a gymnasium. So um, <laughs> I thought, oh, I, better, I better go and work out for this because I didn't, <laughs> I, right. I didn't, um, I didn't want there to be a documentary. Right. With some sort of young puppeteer. I'm just <laughs> picturing Brian, a, yeah. a Rocky montage now with you with this ball. There was yeah, there was a yeah, bit there was exactly. a bit of that, um, yeah. but I didn't I didn't want there to be some young puppeteer on a, on a, on a, on a, on a making of because I've been waiting like 37 years to make that movie. <laughs> right, yeah. right. And he goes, oh yeah, we had a guy. He, he was old. He died. You know, he, he died <laughs> in the desert and we buried him. You know? Brian, but, Brian, did you uh, did you ever come across the comments from Neil deGrasse Tyson about BB-8 rolling in sand? Yeah, I did come across. Did you take a personal offense well, no, to that? Well, first of all, I didn't know who he was. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, and that's not a slight. It just he hasn't. It hasn't really. Tra- it hasn't really travelled. It hasn't. Mm-hmm. You know, as a, like he's huge in the states and very mm-hmm. respected and everything. I believe. Explain that, right. Neil right. deGrasse. But I, I'm like, well, yeah, I, th- I always, I always, a lot of the time, 
always a lot. I always default to something Harrison Ford said in an interview once, which is, it's fake and it's in space. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, yes. of course it wouldn't roll in yeah. sand. It could, yes. could, you know, right. it wouldn't. And right. You know, it's... Uh, so, but I no, I I, I heard about it and went, sure. yeah, no, so it wouldn't because it's not real. <laughs> James, uh, do you have a favorite Star Wars creature or droid, or or one of each? Uh, f- a favorite Star Wars creature, honestly, like right off the top of my head, Six Eyes from Solo. Mm-hmm. Oh, and he was. A- I I think like one of the 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 my favorite things is honestly oddly not even in the movie. It was that original clip that uh, Lord Miller put out. Oh right. Yeah. And and they were like, we can't show you anything. And they like the camera bumps over, and six eyes is like, and it's, oh, was, uh, yeah. every th- every one of the the eyes yeah. were moving, and it just was like immediately this big anticipation of I can't wait to see that. And they chose that character to be the one that was promoting that movie mm-hmm. for and there were like a blue reason, screens around it, right? And stuff. What? There were yeah. Like blue screens and all that. Yeah, because they were on set yeah. and they were like, we're on set, but we can't show you anything. Oh, the camera bumps over. <laughs> And you turn, you know, this whole thing. Well, there were people on, oh, sorry, there were people on set for that show watching, right. the, watching it on the monitors <clears throat> who were, oh, excuse me, they were offset watching it on the monitors. And they'd gone, how are they doing this CGI this fast? Oh. And they're like, this is amazing. They're rendering this thing in real time. And somebody went, no, no, it's there. <laughs> go, go and, uh, and they would walk them onto set and people were like, no! <laughs> and that was Derek Arnold in the head. Another one, you know, Matt Denton's amazing programming jobs and I think Gustav Hogan um, mecked it. And they, Matt had put some kind of telemetry system into it, I believe. So when Derek moved his head, the eyes would sweep and just settle. So they would move slightly with his head. And then there was a whole puppetry system as well that Matt was right. involved in. And each one of those eyes could move individually Yeah, as mm-hmm. well. They were mostly slaved well, together. In so the movie, he like spies on the cards by moving yeah. one of his eyes. <laughs> That's what's solo so funny. You'd have to ask Matt how that worked, but I think, I think you can unslave one of them. That's cool. And just move it. You can puppeteer it independently. I, he, he knows all about this stuff. I'm not so quite amazing. Lacey, how about you? As a creature myself. Oh, my God. <laughs> rest of the night. I told you you were going to play for that. We're going to go to the bar, and she's going to be like, this creature and this guy need a drink. Um, You know, this is, I think this is honestly the toughest question I ever have, because it's like picking a favorite child. Mm -hmm. Um, If you were to ask me years ago, I'd probably say Jabba the Hutt, just because it's so sick. That's a Mm -hmm. good pick, though. There's so many people inside of it, and the way it animates, and it's like, got all that goo. And I love, like, the clips of Carrie talking about him, like, how, like, just terrible he is. Like, she's she's like, he's a slug, he's disgusting, he's awesome. Um, But now, it's definitely Babu Frick. 100%. 100%. Oh, yeah. yeah. Babu Freck wow. is so amazing. There's uh, a Babu. Yes! All right. Yes! yes. Babu Frick is amazing. He's not in the movie enough. I hope they bring him back. I know that obviously there's Enzelins, which are my favorite part yeah, of Mandalorian. Yeah. Um, but just the story around it that Shirley Henderson learned puppeteering mm-hmm. so that she could be on set, so that she could give the performance she wanted to give, that means more to me than anything else. Mm-hmm. Like, when I hear someone goes that extra mile as an overachiever myself, I'm just like, that's it. Like, she's the best. Mm. They're the best. And I believe you helped with Babu, didn't you? I did a lot of the early R&D for Babu. So um, we Neil sort of tossed me and uh, well, one, two, three, four. And you see the pictures. It's like five, yeah, five people going like that. Oh, we're green again. And so I did all the R&D and all the rehearsals for it, and then it was becoming rapidly apparent that BB-8 was probably going to be on camera at the same time as Babu. So I... I Tough st- break. Yeah, so I, I <laughs> stepped out. Yeah, so I stepped out of him for Damien Farrell. Yeah, sometimes you just got to let it go. You know, so, so, <laughs> but no, and then I think they just did an amazing team. I think, that, who was on the... So it, was, it was Matt and Shirley on the face. Uh... Claire Roy Harvey, who was in the telemetry suit for Maz, she was on the hands. And then there was someone on, Damien was on the head and the left arm. Wow. Then Richard was on the It's like a body. game of Twister. They're like, you yeah. got red dot, I got green. I think green. it was on the body. <laughs> You're visualizing this right now. I am. Yeah. Yeah. The, the memory in there somewhere. Yeah. He looks like he's... Yeah, he's so Richard was, on, Richard was on the body. Um, I think Alison was on the feet. 
and then, and then Wynn was on the other arm. Wow. My, so so there, was I, not, there was not a lot of real estate wow. behind there. They, were, they yeah. were all crammed in together. That's what all the pictures... And, like, the footage in the documentary, which I love that documentary. If you haven't seen it, like, uh, The Legacy of the Skywalkers or whatever it's called. What is it called? Oh. Skywalker... Skywalker... Legacy. 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 Yeah. Skywalker Legacy. The Skywalker yes, yes. Legacy. Yeah. Whatever. It's awesome. It is awesome. And I there's a whole segment before. about, like, the Babu Frick scene and, like, yeah. all the work they do there and... I just loved how, because they were doing it live with the actors and with JJ, mm -hmm. he was cracking up so mm -hmm. much because Shirley was just like kind of improv yep. I love that. And I think that's another piece of the creatures that's so special, as we even saw it yesterday on your panel, is people improv. They just go with it. Mm -hmm. And it just feels so genuine. And that's what I love about it. Like, it's not planned in advance. It's just whatever happens, and that's the take they usually That's do. I mean, that's the really nice... The lovely thing about having a, a creature physically on set, right. same with BB-8. Um, when I first met Daisy, she said, are you going to do the voice on set? Because R2 never spoke to oh, C-3PO yeah. through those whole things. So Anthony had to just make up the, the responses and time his, it, sort of time his responses to R2, R2 according to what he thought he'd said. The level of that guy's talent is insane. He's amazing. <laughs> yeah. yeah. He's like amazing. miming, Absolutely. also acting, he's, he's also awesome. improving, he and he's awesome. in this, like, yeah. everything. Yeah. That, that makes me think of, uh, you know, Kenny Baker, who, you mm -hmm. know, a lot of people don't really talk about anymore, but he's this, in this uh, tin can, sweating, uh, having to rotate this thing with wires wrapping around his throat almost, mm -hmm. and you see the new technology today. We just had a droid-built BB-8 come in here and, and wheel right out by himself, but... You know, Kenny Baker had to rock that thing. And anytime, if you, so if you don't know this, I think it might be an Empire of Dreams, but there's certain, like, pipe tubes in R2's legs. And whenever he has those, those are Kenny Baker's legs covered up with these casings. <laughs> whenever he doesn't, it's something that they were able to remotely move. So next time you watch, like, A New Hope or Empire, and you see those little tubes at the bottom inside the legs, that means you know Kenny Baker's in that suit. But, yeah, like... Can we get a round of applause for like an OG like Kenny Baker for like going old school so that now we can have this new technology for these new droids? But there were people in it for Last Jedi and for The Rise of Skywalker. Jimmy V was inside oh, right, for right. Last Jedi yeah. and for Rise of Skywalker was Hassan Taj. So they really wanted to get back to that. And they kept it, yeah. yeah, yeah so Do you have like a favorite that. creature? I know it's like literally picking one of your children. Mm -hmm. Well, no, I'm, I'm, I mean, Yoda was always... I mean, Yoda from a puppetry point of view because it's just a stunning performance. I mean, you, what, what's wonderful is that Frank is just acting his arm off. A legend. You know, just yes. completely brilliant. Um, Chewie was always my favourite as a kid. Mm -hmm. um, used to absolutely love Chewbacca. And it's um, if you have ever had the thrill of seeing Chewbacca come out of an easy up, which is one of those sort of um, little gazebo things they put up for us in, to get changed in on set. <laughs> and Chewie comes out. He, I don't think you ever see him without his head on, especially if there's guests on set. And um, but Jonas is, I think he's, I don't know how tall he is. Six eleven. Six eleven. And then he's got, he's got the shoes, got lifts, and the head is quite. I tall. look like Babu Frick next to him. Right, yeah, uh, everybody <laughs> yeah. looks like Babu Frick yeah, next to him. We took a photo so, with him. I'm six one, and yeah. I was like. <laughs> so when he comes out of that easy up, he has to duck right down, and then he just raises up to his whole his, his full height. And there's a sort of it's a very very sweet thing. This tiny little girl came to visit set, Aww. and I mean she was really wee, and Chewie came out, and she really wasn't sure about this, so she backed right <laughs> off. <laughs> and Jonas um, does because Jonas also does does all that stuff on set as well. So so that's cool. He called this little girl over. He crouched down. And he pointed to the bag on the bottom of Chewie's um, bandolier, and opened it up, and pointed inside. And she put her hand in. It was a bag of sweets. Oh, <laughs> my God. It was really cute. As if I couldn't love that guy more. Yeah. I know, he's um, the best. And he's, you know, he's saying, keep going. What makes a lot too happen? Even though he's a <laughs> Jedi now. You know, he's, he's, he's Which good. I love that for him, because I don't know if anybody remembers, like, years ago he did an interview and they were like who would you want to play if you weren't Chewie and he's like well I'd like to be a Wookiee again just like a Jedi one and now he's yeah. manifesting yeah. right that word one. yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> my favorite I, I mean Chewie's definitely a go to um, but for like a deep cut obscure one it's actually a, a CG but they probably made models of it is Jacked Fish uh, from the Phantom Menace so that, that <laughs> Brian's like <laughs> I, yeah. uh, well, that, I don't know what that is that, so, so I've got a pin of him over there and I have a shirt but uh, it's that fish, the bigger fish, the one that grabs the fish, oh, bites it off like a grenade, throws the rest away, and it just like, 
right yeah. here. I think it's called a Sando Aqua Monster. Oh, why didn't you say that in the first place? Because <laughs> jacked fish is a lot cooler. Right? Brian's like, I've been in the creature department. That's not, that's not yeah. Um, <laughs> so, uh, in terms of what your favorite movie for Star Wars creatures, James? Oh, I mean, I want to say Solo because that's Im- immediately where it is, but mm-hmm. I actually kind of think uh, I might go Last Jedi because of the Canto Bites Canto team. Bite. Oh, wow. Yeah. yeah. Interesting. Uh, I, I know we have that immediate shot that goes right through, and it's so amazing, and every single time my eyes are just like going left, right, up, down, every direction, trying to spot something that I haven't seen. And it was uh, sort of rewarding as well when they released certain books. There was a book called Canto Bite, and it mm-hmm. took you through multiple stories, through some of the creatures. But then to actually go to the movie and be like, I know that one, I know that one, and the, oh, there they are, they're, now mm-hmm. I, they're live action. And so it was a huge payoff the way they rolled out their journey to uh, books. And so Last Jedi really sticks out to me. I, had, I didn't think you'd go with Last Jedi. That's cool. I think I know what yours is, but go ahead. Go ahead. Return think? the Jedi. You know what? It was going to be that, and then it was solo in my head. I'm actually going to go with TFA. When they go through Maz Kanata's mm. castle, and it's like, da, 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 da. Oh, yeah. That <laughs> part where yeah. the camera flies through, yep. and there's so yep. much stuff there. When they blew that castle up, I was like, <laughs> we oh, can have nothing nice. <laughs> we can have oh, yeah. Yeah, Grumgar definitely didn't make it out of there. He's, he's that big dude who was like... You saw him on the stage on the Lucasfilm yeah. yeah. Showcase, yeah. There's just so much stuff there, and that's another scene where it happens so quickly that every time you go back, you're like, what is that? What is that? What, what's I'm in that shot. Tell us uh, more. Well, I, I'm, I'm actually in that shot. I, I, it was my real last ditch attempt to be in, a, in Star Wars because <laughs> <laughs> I was originally going to be um, oh the character it was one of the original releases of the action figures he's got like a green face and red robes and a big kind of shotgun thing he's used to wearing green um, it, all green uh, it, was, it, it, it was I can't remember its name now is it the peg leg person? is it Jeff? no, no it was, it's oh, a, Jeff. In, in the first in the first <laughs> lineup of the characters they made that Hasbro made as toys oh okay uh, it's one of those and I was fitted for the costume and I was scanned so the action figure is me Oh, that's um, awesome. But I didn't play it in the do, movie. Do you have one of them? Uh, no. <laughs> um, but um, it's... I can't remember his name now. But I was going to play that, and I'm like, great, I've got an action figure. This is all yeah. I want. I wanted an action That's the figure. dream, right? This is a creature right. performer? This is Somebody I, find out what his name was. This is before yeah. the BB-8. What? Someone knows? I can't remember. Mm. I can't... Zuvia. No, it wasn't Zuvia. <laughs> no, that was the first Zuvia. action figure. Then, yeah. I would be di- if I had played Cousin with Zuvia, I would have been dining out on that for a thousand <laughs> years. But so uh, th- then I didn't get to play that in the film. I'm like, ah, okay, I just wanted to be there. And then there's if you look on that shot, you follow the little kind of thing that was from the Ralph McQuarrie concept art yes. that Paul Warren yeah. plays. You follow that in, and then off to the right hand side, there is a gaming table. Mm-hmm. With a whole load of balls, like little balls of snakes, just kind of smashing each other up, <laughs> and we were kind of working out how we were going to do it, and then we were going to do it through the table and that kind of thing. And I said, "Well, why don't you just put us all in costumes, <laughs> and <laughs> we can have these things on green rods, and we'll look like we're smashing the table because we're all kind of yeah, go on, go get them, get them, but we're actually puppeteering the things directly in front of us." Oh, that's great. So that's myself, awesome. Phil Woodfine, and Dave Chapman. <laughs> you remind me, I don't know if you've ever seen it, Mean Girls, but you remind me of the person in the back who's like, she doesn't even go here. <laughs> yeah. You're just like, how about a puppeteer? Yeah, yeah, totally, totally. That's, yeah, we can do that. We'll do it, we'll do it. So that was so, so, we, so we, we, we got thrown into that shot, which was quite fun. I've, I've managed to be, I've been filmed on in every one since, but I've not necessarily made the cut. So... Uh, What's your favorite Star Wars movie with creatures? Is it one you were in, or are you going to be I non-biased here? As far as being absolutely iconic, Jabba's Palace in Return of the Jedi is just... That's my pick, too, so there you go. Just, yeah. Just, yeah, yeah, just fantastic. Um, Fist bump. Yeah, cause it, and also, I think because of the age I was and those characters have really stayed... When I, when I started the panel yesterday, I started talking about Walrus Man. Mm-hmm. And I, I know his name's Ponder Baba now. <laughs> but he'll always be Walrus Man right. to me. That'll always be Snaggletooth and here comes Hammerhead, you know, because that's <laughs> what we yeah. had, you know. Um, so they, they, those characters, the, the Return of the Jedi characters in the band, and I always, you know, whenever, you know, people kind of get 
upset about Star Wars. It's, no, it's not. This isn't serious enough. This is getting silly. Yeah. I always like to put silly up a picture of the blue elephant playing the piano with his feet. Exactly. Yeah. Right. So that's just you know it was always. Give it was me ever more thus. silly. Are you kidding me? All the Mando episodes where there's like Enzelin stuff or like funny moments. Those are my favorite parts. Yeah. I, mm-hmm. I know Bo-Katan getting the saber is important, but like. And and no. there's there's good silly and there's bad silly. Um, but <laughs> well, the la- I didn't like the last Mando episode. Everybody knows that that's the only one I didn't like. Um, but I'll say this: uh, Return of the Jedi also for me because I did this thing. So I rewatched Return of the Jedi and made sure I diverted my eyes from where they they usually go. Because usually when I watch a movie, it always goes to the same like, spot. Mm-hmm. And I saw like for the first time ever. I never noticed this. Maybe all of you have. Maybe I'm the stupid one. There's a Jawa fanning Jabba from behind mm-hmm. to keep him cool. And there, uh, and then they added like a Sebulba type of creature in the special oh, editions okay, to go right. down the stairs before Luke comes down the stairs. It's just like if you watch like Return of the Jedi, especially that Jabba's palace scene, you will. You may have seen that movie five billion times, Andrew. I'm sure you have. You, <laughs> you'll look around and you'll see something you've never seen before in a 40 year old movie. That will be walking wallpaper. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, that's yeah. that's exactly my point. And and, and what you were saying earlier about there the not being enough. Um, figures of the creatures. Every has. I'm like, guys, as a, please. <laughs> as a kid, though, that's they're the ones I played with the most because yeah. we knew about Luke, we knew about Ham, we knew who they were. Mm-hmm. So, but this dude can be anybody. Yeah. yeah. So he's the new pirate. He's the new captain. And you he's got to make whatever. the story. And you made, they, you made the stories yeah. up. You yeah. know, it's it's it's, um, it's one of the conversations I had with Anthony about his red arm. Um, was like for me that would have been as a kid I'd have played how you got, got that red, red arm. arm. You know, yeah. the, 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 the comics weren't, you know, now there's so much more yeah. exposition all over the place. But Stop for me, explaining You things. get to tell the story. Well, I got so. to tell the story yeah. in my head, you know, in my bedroom, I playing like with that. the toys. And I that like was, that that was for me the thing that fired my imagination. Yeah. So I kind of liked more non-specific alien characters to play with as a kid. That's a great because point. Because that yeah. really kind of got me fired up about Star Wars and stories and that kind of stuff. Yeah. I don't know if you're allowed to talk about this, so this might be a tricky question. Um, <laughs> are there any creatures that you know of or that you used that didn't make it into a film or a TV show? There are all sorts of creatures that never seen Because the there is this one from Rise of Skywalker. It's a giant baby head. It's very big. <laughs> it's red. I've seen a picture with Neil Scanlon with it, and we didn't get it. So are there any creatures that, like, you could maybe explain or, like, what they looked like that just didn't make the cut? Um, <clears throat> There's all sorts of stuff. Well, interestingly, I, I, I can't really talk about that one. Uh, because <laughs> it exists. It, it, Baby head No, exists. it does exist because you've seen photographs. <laughs> yes. of it. That's, it, it exists. It's, it's yeah, yeah. there. I did see it. And it, it, you know, it, it, Eat that Neil Tyson Degrassi. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, <laughs> the, uh, there, there are lots of stuff that sometimes just don't make it in or don't make the cut of the film. Sure. They get filmed on and then just get edited out. Because the director, mm-hmm. like JJ, would be like, yeah. Well, no, know. because... You can't make four-hour Star Wars films, you know. You could. Right. You, 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 I think a lot of people wanted that. Yeah. I mean, James Cameron's telling people, like, look, my movie's going to be seven hours, and there's nothing you can do about it, so. Yeah, uh, but, you know, the angles change and yeah. things, ha- things happen, so things yeah. just get lost. I mean, there were a lot of things that were made for Rogue One. Oh, cool. That didn't make it. That, mm-hmm. And then, hilariously, most of them got sent to the Spice Mines of Kessel. <laughs> oh, for the cheese. So there's oh, yes. lots of things in Kessel that were made for other movies. Neil was talking about this yesterday on the panel that sometimes things get repurposed. Right. So you just take it out, give it a new, give it a new outfit. As I say, I got, I got used twice in Solo yeah. as a different creature. So you see things coming back, and also you see things. I'm seeing things now appearing in the US shows that have been sent over that were built. Um, oh, like wow. the, the the Rio Durant. There was a puppet of Rio Durant as well as the CG version. Wow! And mm. in the um, the Mando episode where they're on the prison ship res- rescuing the two Twilight yeah. guys, mm-hmm. you see these four little hands go to the door, and you just see the top of his head. That was the Rio puppet. Oh. oh! Now it probably wasn't supposed to be Rio, right? But it was. It's funny you bring this up because my next question was going to be: Is there anything that people miss? Like that are in the films that no one ever t- that you're like this is so cool. Did you see this? Well, that talks to you know speaks to what you just said about the fact you just saw that jail for the first time forty years right. later. So there probably is stuff. Yeah. Um, but there's so there's so much going on yeah. in all of these things and and just characters that never get seen. It's it's yeah. it's crazy. Can you talk about in Solo Luleo Primak, the like singing guy in the jar? Like how did that work? 
Oh yes. Oh, okay, that was um, okay because I did the eyes on that. Um, you did yeah, the eyes. I on did. That? I did the eyes on that. And Claire Roy Harvey, who I go back to again, who was oh the, the, in, the ma- in the Maz costume and did Babu Frick. Because it's uh, in the, liquid, so right. Yeah. So that was. Um, it was. It was because it's flow. The, the thing is floating. Right. So it's on some kind of um, like little hydraulic ram, and Claire had her hand through the back of it. So the whole thing was watertight. Right. And it was just, we, we, we were said it looked like a chicken in wine, wine vinegar. <laughs> but because um, it was just kind of like this crazy thing. And so she, she, it was just a straight hand puppet. And Claire's in, in her full green glory behind it. And it's going up and down. I don't know if she made it go up and down just by bringing her hand up because it was on a, a pretty good sort He's of. He's my favourite character in Solo. Uh, yeah, it's great fun. <laughs> I mean, well, I, I mean I, I'm always kind of bemused as there's no recorded music in Star Wars, there's always a band on. Wherever they go, there's always yeah, a yeah, you know. Yeah, we but, talked with uh, John Powell about how he created mm-hmm. Chicken in the Pot and how there's multiple versions and different languages. Right, yeah. right. Well, again, you talk about the different language thing. I think the fascinating thing about Jabba is that Jabba was shot in English and then redubbed. And if you watch Jabba's lips and read... Jabber, Jabber is saying what's on the subtitles. Because <laughs> <laughs> they just redubbed it into Hatties, but it was done in English. So if you watch it now... He wouldn't have been as cool if he was speaking English. No, that's right. But you, 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 I think we're all going to watch Return of the Jedi for the first time. Apparently. And, yeah, yeah, and yeah. you just see him talking. Yeah. And it's, you know, he, he, just, he goes, your Jedi powers won't work on me, boy. <laughs> you know, or whatever, you know, whatever the line is. And it, and, but then that's, it doesn't match the lips. So it's, 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 it's a wow. funny thing. Yeah. Um, well, how about some questions? Yeah, yeah let's questions. get into the next section. Yeah. I've been wondering, what are midi-chlorians? As the resistance. All right, but uh, John, do you want to do this before we move into the actual as the resistance section? Yes. So we have one of these left each. A solo to make solo to happen enamel pin that we gave out in Anaheim last year, and vinyl sticker. So if you have a make solo to happen shirt on, raise your hand, and I will uh, disappoint about five of you, and one of you will be happy. So if only I'd known. <laughs> And while that's happening, if anybody has a question... Yeah, we're going to take some questions. Um, also raise okay. your hand. <laughs> yeah, go ahead. First of all, what's your name? Where are you from? Yeah. What's your favorite color? <laughs> which of the three upcoming movies are we the most excited about is the question from Mark. Marco. Nice to meet you, Marco. Well, you didn't quick... tell me your favorite color, though. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just joking. I'll, uh, I'll quickly say uh, Mangold, because he's directing and writing it. And in my opinion, Indiana Jones and Dial Destiny, we got to see six minutes of it, which felt, I'm not you know, going to say what I saw, but it felt like the vibe of the Cairo scene in Raiders, and it was right in the pocket. And also the fact that it's premiering at Cannes a month before it comes out shows that they are confident about it. And the fact that they gave him a Star Wars movie before it came out shows that they're very confident about it. So, and he's going to write his movie, so he has full control over it. And we're going 50 billion years in the past or whatever, 25,000 years. I'm really, I feel like he's a, just such a concrete, like when you think James Mangold's making Star Wars, I don't think that's going to be one of those ones where it's like, and then well, it never happened. I think that movie's definitely going to happen. It's going to be made, and he's going to crush it. So I'm going Mangold. Yeah, for me, I'm actually going to go with the Wangled too. All right, um, I think the reason for that one is the 25,000 years before. I just think that's the uh, that's the thing that was interesting when they did the Ryan Johnson story. You know, he's going to be directing something over here the, the way they did that, and I think everybody was like, "That's the most intriguing part over here. What does that mean? How different is it yeah. really going to be? Like, they can do they have yeah. light speeds? They're not going to have hyperspace. Yeah. Hyperspace didn't even come around in the High Republic. You know, 25,000 years ago. What does that even oh, look yeah. like?" Very excited for that one. Am I myself if I didn't say Daisy Ridley? <laughs> Imagine if I was like, the James Mangold movie. Yeah. Uh, Daisy Ridley, her coming back. I've been saying it for years now that I want her back. These guys were like, it's too early. Clearly not. Clearly not. I wonder if uh, for your employee, if uh, you have a certain pick. Well, for, for that, yes, definitely. <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm very excited to see Daisy back. And, and, and I think the, uh, the reaction in the room was very it was mostly me, Brian. I did hear you. Um, <laughs> yeah, but I think the reaction in the room to her coming out was just electric, and, oh, I, and yeah. I think that kind of sums up how people really felt about 
you know, her I can't wait back. to see John Boyega back. Well, who, we, yeah, yeah, who mm. can say? Because yeah. if she's there, he better be there. <laughs> well, I, you know, I'm very excited for that because hopefully I'll, I'll, get, I'll get to go and back and Brian do my And Brian better again. be there. Um, yeah. I'm, kind of, I'm, I'm really jazzed for all of them, actually. The, the, um, the sort of the culmination, the, the kind of end game of the whole Mando Oh, verse. Like Bologna, yes. yeah. Uh, yeah, right. I mean, uh, yeah. it's interesting what you were saying about will one of the ghost crew die? I think if one of the ghost crew's going... It's then. They're going then. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Wow, that's, that's a good point. Do uh, it. Right. That was a downer, wasn't it? Do you have another question? <laughs> one more? Yeah. Do one more. Let's do another one. Yeah. Uh, here. Yeah. Hi. Hi, uh, Chris from the UK. Hi, Chris from Hi, Chris. the UK. What's your favorite Hello, color? Chris. <laughs> Purple. Purple. Solid. Yeah. <laughs> Prince. Uh, will there be a new Skywalker in the Daisy? Oh, will she have a daughter or a son? Yo! What are you at me for? I didn't even consider that. I haven't gotten past the fact that she was on stage. 15 years is a long time. Ooh. Well, we know it's not with Ben. But. Too soon. Dude. Dude, read I don't the have room. a spray bottle. Read but if I did, room, you would be wet right now. Um... Man, I would love that. That is such a great question. I haven't even honestly thought about what the plot could be, but 15 years is it. As, as of now, a mom, uh, it happens very fast <laughs> when you decide to do right. it. Um, I would love that. I would genuinely love that, and I hope that that's what happens, because I think it would just be a new, exciting story to tell, and she has more, uh, I guess, skin in the game. Because mm-hmm. Ray is a character... There's no way you look at her and think she doesn't want a family. That's all she wants. So for her to have children would be such a wonderful moment. Um, I, I would say, I'm going to say yes, because I want to see it. That is a great question. Yeah. Genuine, genuine reaction from me. Definitely something that we haven't thought about yet. We, haven't, oh, we all haven't had enough time to question. process a lot of the stuff that has been coming out. And we keep getting bombarded. That, that is an amazing idea, and I obviously think that the Skywalker name has to carry on. They're not going to like do another, like, oh, raise the last one or something, mm-hmm. and then you know how it played out again. So I'm going to say, yes, she's definitely going to have kids, but I'm <sighs> thinking off the top of my head what would be interesting is to do twins... And mm. again, oh, well, I don't see it's poetry, oh. well, it rhymes, but I, actually, not for the <laughs> Luke and Leia reason, but for the old Republic and, Jason and Solo. J- J- yeah, yeah, or also that one, like the light Gina. and the dark, yeah. and they go different paths. And so, one of her kids goes to the dark side, type potentially, of thing? yeah, man, no. Everyone lives happily ever Wait, after. Is she gonna name one of her and kids? Somehow Ben, ben Solo. <laughs> she might. Yeah, is she gonna name ben. one of her kids Ben? Yes. Ben Skywalker. Yeah. 100%. Uh, I yeah. I, I'm loving everything that you guys just said. So for the sake of time, uh, I'm gonna say yes. So now you've got Ray. You want BB-8. You want Grogu. Babu Frick. <laughs> Babu Frick. Babies. And, and babies. The gang's yeah. back. All the bees. Yeah, that all. That all. BB-8. Babu Frick. Yeah, babies. Yeah, that. Yeah, that. 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 I'm sure. And baby Grogu. That won't be. That won't be. That won't be. That won't be chaos. That won't be chaos at all. Will it? That won't be chaos at all. Okay, so we have a couple things to do. Yeah, mm-hmm. so do you want to bring up uh, Luke from The Sons of Obi-Wan? Yes. Luke, where are you? Come on Ooh, up, Luke. He got, something, Luke. he got something he wants to uh, present. All right, my name's Luke. I'm from The Sons of Obi-Wan Saber Academy. We're a lightsaber school down in Australia, and we teach cognitive and dialectical behaviour therapy through theatre combat to adults, kids, special needs, and those with autism. Now, I'm here to met... Damn it, you can see it. <laughs> <laughs> I met Mr. Herring in 2017 down at uh, Adelaide, and he's been a huge supporter of the Suns ever since. So I'm going to be making Brian today an honorary member of the Suns of Obi Wan. With a saber company, you need a saber. So I've made him. We also make sabers as well. Wow. Oh my God! Luke from the Sons of Obi Wan, everybody. Thank you, Luke. Yeah. 
Every celebrity we give to, we have to do a strength test. Oh, boy. Don't hit my fingers, it's how I make my money. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> now, it's hard to follow that, but... When Brian and I were chatting about a week ago, we had talked about all the BB-8 merch that was lacking in the show store, and I had said in 2016 there was this really cool shirt, and he's like, yeah, I've been on the hunt for one. I can't find one. Well, Brian, I found you one. Oh, wow. Oh, thank you so much. Mind the droid. Well, I'm glad I turned up now. Look at that <laughs> swag. Tell your friends, Brian. Absolutely. Tell your friends. Come on, Thank resist. you so, so much. We're definitely winding down. We're going to have to get out of this room pretty quick. Yeah. Uh, so definitely meet us. We're going to go to that room at the end of the hallway to do any photos or meet and greet. Or we also have extra prints and stickers and stuff if anybody wants them. But go ahead. Go do your thing. Yeah. So I just want to thank everybody again for showing up. It means a great deal to us. Uh, I always get a little nervous at the beginning. But then when I see faces that I'm familiar with, it makes me feel like I'm at home because I'm a long, far away from home. And, uh, but I want to thank uh, London. I want to thank Lucasfilm. I want to thank our guest, BB-8. He left. So he's got to help Ray. But Brian, <laughs> thank you so much. Thank you very much for having me. It's been lovely. Thank you. Thanks, guys. Thank you Stay for much. a photo. Oh, my God. Stay for a photo. Yeah, we're going to do a quick selfie. But uh, from the three of us here at TRB, thank you again. And until next time, we'll see you around, kids. <laughs>